Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Stephanie. This week we've got a very cool, exciting episode. Steph, you took this one on. We you know we're discussing topics and what's really relevant right now as we get back out there we start traveling again more than ever we want to be the healthiest versions of ourselves obviously in the Mm -hmm. last year and a half with the pandemic going on you know I feel like health and you know what we're putting into our bodies and when it comes to exercise I feel like people are prioritizing this a lot more now And, you know, this is something that Steph and I, I know, Steph, when we travel together, we are not always the healthiest on the road. (laughs) I'm hit or miss. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you tend to, I'm, I'm the same, but I, I know when I go traveling, I tend to just kind of forget about (laughs) diet and health and, you know, I eat whatever I want. I drink whatever I want, but then I do find sometimes it catches up with me after a few days, especially now that we're getting older. Yeah. And I do find when I eat healthily, I feel better. And you know, when you're traveling, it can be exhausting anyway. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're fueling your body the best way you can. So Steph, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah. So today I'm really excited. I'm talking with Fran Dargaville. She's actually a functional nutritionist and she specializes in gut health, but she is super knowledgeable on literally all the things. Um, And her goal (laughs) is to kind of just uh, exactly what you just said, Andrea, to help people kind of take more control of their health with nutrition and lifestyle changes. Um, So she's fantastic. I've listened to her podcast since 2019 and I've wanted to speak to her for literally going on two years now. Yeah. So we were finally able to make it happen. Yeah. It's great that we could actually have an expert in on this because yeah, again, Steph and I, you know, giving out any advice on health or nutrition, we're probably not the best people to do it. So great that we could have Fran on. Here we go. Welcome everyone. I'm here with Fran Dargaville, who is a functional nutritionist and specializes in gut health, which I thought would be, you know, especially relevant since most issues people encounter 
on the road are gastrointestinal diseases. So I just thought she'd be the perfect person to talk to about health while traveling. Welcome, Fran. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to dive into all of this today. Yes, likewise. I thought maybe actually, do you just want to tell the audience, I know we did an intro, and but did you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself as well before we get started? Yeah, absolutely. So firstly, I am definitely travel obsessed and I've spent as much as my life, you know, humanly possibly try, humanly possible trying to, you know, travel all around the world. Um, but I ended up with all sorts of health issues in my early 20s. Uh, so chronic fatigue and digestive issues and, and all of that stuff. So I was really, really struggling with my health and um, basically just decided to study nutrition really to, you know, heal my own body and, and gut. And that led me on a whole path and journey to helping people to do the same. So now I work with people mostly on supporting their gut health. And that is so fundamental to, you know, our health as a whole. So whether you are experiencing symptoms, whether they're digestive or, you know, non-digestive symptoms like fatigue or brain fog or skin issues, all of this is so, so linked to the gut. So I'm hugely passionate about it and I love chatting about it. And I think it's something that, you know, we can all prioritize whatever you've got going on to just help you feel your best day to day. And then maybe jumping, I'm probably going to jump around here a little bit, but can you tell us a bit about your travels? Like, where have you been? What do you love doing? Yeah, absolutely. So when I, I'm 32 now, so when I was 19, I believe I went on my first backpacking trip to Central America. So starting at Costa Rica and going up to Mexico and that was around three months and then I was I don't even know how that ended up happening a friend was going and I was just like oh yeah seems cool I don't even know if I'm into traveling but let's give it a whirl and then after that I was just absolutely hooked so I went on university exchange to Mexico and then basically spent um, almost a year in Mexico and then traveling around South America after that and then Every summer holidays, the good thing about studying in Australia is you get around three or four months off over summer every year. I would just Mm -hmm. plan a trip somewhere else. So I've explored lots of different places, Um, South and Central America. I mean, I've been back there quite a few times. They're just my absolute favorite, but also, you know, love exploring Europe and loved India and yeah, lots of different places to to visit and explore, but I'm obsessed. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It sounds like you've also been to quite a few of the places where people commonly run into issues. Um, Have you (laughs) ever gotten sick yourself on the road? Uh, Pretty much every, every big trip that I've gone on. Um, To be honest, actually, it's, it's kind of amazing because when I learned a lot of this stuff and I had these tools, I've since been to India multiple times without getting sick. Whereas every other trip I did before, I got horribly sick every single time. So there's definitely things that you can do to prevent that. Although like not entirely. Of course. Classic deli belly. Yes. Um, (laughs) That is like my one. I've gotten sick so many times on the road, but my one claim to fame is that I spent a month in India and did not get sick. So I was very proud of that. Yeah. You deserve a pat on the back for that. That's that's (laughs) impressive. (laughs) Um, And I think for that one, for me, it was I took a SteriPen on that big trip. And so India, I was super paranoid. And I just used a SteriPen anytime there was anything 
involving water. What is that? Um, so I, I can't explain the science behind it, but essentially anything you're consuming, it's a blue light kind of pen, mm-hmm. but it kills like 99.9% of bacteria, um, that might be in the water. Oh, wow. And you have to cool. use it. Yeah. You have to use it for a chunk of time. But, and I remember as I was traveling, I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's doing anything, but I didn't get sick. So I'm, I convinced myself it did. <laughs> Placebo can also work, right? You know, to, to an extent, <laughs> know, but it I also know. can. So, <laughs> yeah. So I thought maybe first, since we're talking about India too, for that trip, I was backpacking and I was living on $35 a day. So very cheap. That was for food, accommodation, and entertainment. So I must admit, I was really cheap on the food side. Hmm. And, um, I find when you do that, you start eating a little bit worse. Um, what kind of advice would you have for, you know, the budget travelers or the people I found not in India so much, but you know, when I'm traveling that cheap, I always end up just buying chips because it's the cheapest thing on the menu. So what advice would you have for kind of budget travelers? when it comes? To yeah. Food? Yeah. Well, I mean, I will just point out that like 90% of the travel that I've done has been budget travel. Um, So (laughs) I am well equipped and I definitely used to do the same thing, you know, in my early twenties, just buying before I got, you know, wiped out with my health and everything, buying the packets of biscuits and chips and all that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, when you see the impact that that has, you know, getting locked up and constipated and getting, you know, breakouts and all that sort of thing. It's, it's kind of makes you think, Hmm, is this really working for me? So um, I think firstly, just being aware of, you know, the impact those choices may be having on you. And for some time, you know, we can often all get away with eating that way, but you know, if this is the travel podcast, right? Yes. Well, it's a travel podcast, right? You're probably not going on holidays for five days a year, you know, if you are, then eat the chips, you know, do what you want to do. But if you're traveling long-term, if you're traveling for a month or three months or six months or unlimited amount of time, this is your real life. So it does matter what you put into your body every day. It is actually important, the choices that you make. So, you know, eat the chips or the biscuits, like, you know, once or a couple of times a week, and then look at what you're having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner most days because that's really going to have an impact. So, you know, as you said, it can be challenging, um, you know, depending on where you, where you travel, but to be honest, places, places like India and that sort of thing, I find, you know, if you can just sort of eat what the locals eat, sure. It's not always necessarily super healthy, but a lot of the time it is, you know, like curries and, and things with, um, you know, legumes and vegetables and rice and that kind of thing, which is actually, pretty fine it's when we go out and you know opt for the super convenient stuff that is not you know not so good I think what can be super challenging for a lot of people as well is like you know like obviously it it feels good and and healthy to eat the vegetables and when when we're in a lot of places like this like Indonesia and India and that sort of thing it's quite challenging to actually find veggies that are safe to eat obviously you just don't want to eat (laughs) A salad because you might live to regret it. So yeah. depending on where you are, you know, like doing your research to find the the good options that use, um, you know, 
bottled water, filtered water to wash vegetables and like doing a little bit of research like that is definitely worth it. But I think, you know, like eat like the locals eat, consider eating, you know, veggies and whole foods as much as possible, which I think it's actually not so hard in a lot of these, a lot of these places. But, you know, I think when we don't, maybe we don't speak the language or we're not used to eating different foods from different countries and that sort of thing that we just opt for what we know and what is even more convenient. And that is like the packaged food. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I probably picked starting off talking about India there, a bad example, because I actually did eat quite healthy in India. Um, (laughs) But maybe you can, can you just on the one thing you touched on there about, you know, people maybe coming to regret eating that salad. I find a lot of people have a misconception and they think almost all food poisoning or um, illnesses come from undercooked meat. Um, so why would someone get sick from a salad? The main reason that people would get sick from a salad in a lot of these places is just the water quality. So if things are, you know, either they're not washed and they get transported, you know, in trucks and, and sit around and that sort of thing. And, or, you know, the main, the main thing uh, is the water that they can be washed in that is, you know, contaminated. It might have bacteria, parasites, that sort of thing. You know, in a lot of these places, we know that we wouldn't actually drink the water, but then yeah. we think it's just, oh, it's just, it's just food. It's just a salad or it's just, you know, ice in, in your drink that you kind of forget about. But that is, you know, those ba- bacteria and parasites and those kind of things, they can make you instantaneously sick and definitely impact your gut health in the long term as well. Yeah. I remember in India, um, so I was there by myself, but I obviously you meet up with other travelers and you start going out together. And we used to ask to see the water because you go to some of these stalls and the vegetables and the fruit, they look pristine. It looks so good. Like it was just peeled. And then you see them, they actually spritz it down and wipe it mm. to keep looking clean. And if you look at the water they're spritzing it with, it is like not quite a brown sludge, but pretty close to, and it's like, oh, <laughs> like that is what you're not seeing um absolutely from some of these things yeah so did you eat much street food while you were in India I'm I love India Uh, yeah (laughs) there were honestly there were a couple of places where you know I was like oh gosh I've eaten a doser from this place and I'm just like (laughs) hoping for the best (laughs) just made by some guy with no shirt on in a really dirty looking kitchen I'm like oh gosh but when things are cooked you know you're like you you should be okay but you just never really know so I think doing the research and finding the good places and that sort of thing but yeah I I did but I would always you know try and ask a local and get advice um you know off where are the places to eat basically yes and what because you mentioned you got sick there a few times and then you know after learning a bunch you were able to go there and not have that what do you think your mistakes were that got you sick Yeah. So this has been in multiple places and like so many places, actually, there have been so many things I've done stupidly early in my travels. Eating salad in the Amazon that definitely would have been washed in bad water. That was a bad one. Uh, Eating salad again in Morocco, like a tomato salad thing that would have also been washed in water. So a lot of the same sort of things. Like I personally didn't have that kind of experience from um, you know, any cooked food and definitely nowhere that, you know, when I'd actually done my research and, and based my choices on where I was going to eat on recommendations, 
I didn't mm. have a problem. So yeah, I and that's what that's kind of where I turned to in India as well is that I would actually ask other tourists I met what street food they'd eaten mm. <laughs> and sort of pick and choose from there because they didn't get sick. So I was still hedging my bets, but um, it worked out all right. Yeah, and I think it depends where you are. You know, if you are somewhere that is. Um, you know touristy like you're in Rishikesh or something like that and there are lots of places that cater for uh, for tourists you know it's going to be quite easy to find somewhere that uses good water is really conscious that we get sick and can't get away with eating food in the same way as them but if you are um, yeah if you're somewhere that's not so touristy then you definitely really need to actually think about this and Um, do your research and then also you know like you said the bags of nuts and and that sort of thing like have um you know have things ready to go because I think a lot of the time it's when we get caught out and we're just starving that's yeah one of the one of the um you know times this happened to me I was starving I was just like oh I'm just not even going to think about what I'm eating and just you know ate the tomato salad and then lived to regret (laughs) it for quite some time after that so I think just being prepared and actually having snacks and that sort of thing like if you're traveling for six months it can be a little more challenging but when I travel shorter term I always bring some like you know pretty healthy sort of snack bars from home and do try and pick up nuts and that kind of thing on the way and and fruit so that I always have something and even if you can't find anything you've always got something that you know is a safe option and that's why I think when I look at the difference even between because I've gone on long-term trips where I've gained weight And I've gone on long-term trips where I lost weight. And I honestly think pre-packing those snacks were, was the difference between the two. Because when you're stopping too, you're usually stopping when you're starving and it's either at a roadhouse or, you know, a fast food joint or somewhere not good in general. Yeah. And you just, you just feel blur, you know, like that's the, the, the difference with, traveling versus maybe if you're at home you know like if you're at home you have structure you're probably you know often going to make healthier choices for breakfast and lunch lunch most days whereas if you're eating every meal out it's like well I'm I'm eating out I might as well get you know the treat sort of thing or something that's kind of exciting but it's like that's your breakfast lunch and dinner every single day eating out so you know it's it's good to make some healthier choices if you can have you and have you ever done kind of a road trip around Australia or traveled Australia much? Yeah, I have. Not anything super long, but I've done a lot of camping and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that can be challenging as well. But I think the good thing is where, you know, I've done this in, in Europe as well. If you have a car and you have a stove and that sort of thing, you know, there's uh it is a lot easier. You know, you can take veggies with you and, and make meals and that sort of thing. And that's what, that's what I would have thought too. I've done four long-term trips where I was on the road for about six months each time. And I actually found traveling around Australia the hardest. And I had a caravan that had a fridge in it. So I would have thought exactly that. It's just, and maybe the answer is honestly just, I was lazy, but it's when you're driving through Australia, you drive for hours and you see nothing. And then you see a roadhouse and the menus are all the same, like you it's it's almost impossible to get a vegetable in the middle Mm. of the outback and then the grocery stores even the cost of getting the fruits and vegetables out there yeah are just astronomical there were four or five times as expensive like to get ahead of 
um, broccoli was about $12 in the grocery stores for like a $2 head of broccoli. Mm. Um, so it got really expensive really fast. And I'm just trying to think how, you know, when you're going into food deserts, how to prepare for that. Mm. I think thinking about things that are going to last a really long time. So, you know, broccoli and baby spinach and those kind of things that might be our go-tos for veggies Mm. don't last super long. And yes, it's beneficial to be eating greens. So maybe you can get, you know, some amount of those, but opting for things like, uh, you know, sweet potato, potatoes, and also even just things like, you know, rice and um, you can get really good options of of noodles and that sort of thing that are made from great ingredients. You know, I'm, I'm gluten-free. So I opt for those. Okay. Yeah. Like edamame pasta, which is really low carb. And that's a great option. These are all things that are going to last for forever. Basically they last so long. So if you're going on, you know, a one month trip or something like that, you could just pack this stuff with you. You know, if you have to take it on a plane or just keep it with you and it's not going to go off anytime soon. And maybe you, you know, get the odd bit of, you know, greens and that kind of thing to add in. But think about these things that last a really long time. You know, if you eat tinned fish or anything like that, you know, like opting for these kind of options that just last. And then also things like your nuts and snacks and and that sort of thing. I think that can catch you out as well. Often when you're traveling, it's a tiny, tiny little bag will be super expensive. Whereas if you got it at home and maybe put it into portions yourself or something like that, it would be much more affordable. So I really think it's just being organized and also being really realistic. Cause I think we often think, oh, it'll be fine. I can get, you know, food and, and that sort of thing, yeah. but it, it never happens that way. You might find the odd meal out or something like that, but then also you don't enjoy it. If you're eating at a roadhouse every day oh. or you're eating out every meal for a month yeah. or more, it begins to become really boring. So wouldn't you much rather arrive at this town with a really cool pub that you want to eat at and go and enjoy that meal? And then every other meal, you know, most meals of the week and, you know, during the days you're preparing your food and then you really appreciate that meal out versus it just being like, oh, got to go eat this thing. I feel stodgy and gross afterwards, you know? So I think just reframing it and just being organized. And then also, the good thing about this food that lasts a long time, if you don't eat it, then you can just take it home uh, or give it to yeah. someone else. I really wish I, we had this conversation before I left. <laughs> I actually ended up in the hospital with a gallbladder attack and oh, no. I, I blame Australian, I blame Australian roadhouses. It was yeah. horrible for someone like me. Who's I'm really bad. I'm very impulsive and I'm very bad at preparing. So I think I just needed to take the time more a little to have those mm. thought processes. I think also think about what you like to eat because I think so often with this kind of thing, we're like, yeah, sure. I'm just going to eat like salad and tin tuna every day for the month and then like (laughs) pack that stuff. And then you rock up and you're about to eat the meal and you're like, oh, you know, maybe it's fine for day one. And then you're like, I actually don't enjoy this, but it's like, what, like I personally, I love food. So I want to be eating things that I enjoy and it might take a little bit of thought and a little bit of prep, but you can find amazing healthy foods that last a long time and, you know, that you can actually enjoy. So I think being realistic as well, like what are you going to enjoy? What are you actually going to eat? And yeah. And the stuff that's going to last a long time is obviously helpful as well. 
Yes, that's such a good point because it really does become one of those, like when people join a gym and it's like, you never go to the gym and suddenly you think you're going to go four or five times a week (laughs) because you're inspired in the moment. I find that's what I do sometimes grocery shopping too, where I'm like, all right, I'm healthy from now on and I'll buy. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Only, like, I'm not realistic about what I buy. Like, Just I'm still five bunches of kale and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, and I, I'm such an extreme person. So I do that. And then you're setting yourself up for failure. So if you were going on a road trip, obviously at a mommy pasta, what else would you be stocking, you know, your caravan fridge with? For me, um, cause I, I have the things that I like at home, like the brands that I like and, you know, good gluten-free yeah. bread and that sort of thing. And I, I think realistically, I know that's going to last me five days or something like that. So you need something to opt for when those things run out, but I would definitely get, you know, my favorite gluten-free bread, probably some, you know, really good quality, um, organic Greek yogurt that I love. Um, and those kind of things realizing that they're going to run out, but then definitely just lots of root veggies like um sweet potato is great um we often or potato as well both of those things um basically just chop it up into small little chips and then just fry it on the pan um in some like olive oil or coconut oil or something like that um so that's like a good one and you can you just get you know burger burger patties and make sort of like naked burger things and you know have a little salad on the side and that sort of thing um, and then, yeah, I think just getting the things that are going to, like, if you want to make a curry or, you know, and you've got access to really good, you know, healthy curry paste and that sort of thing, coconut milk and that sort of thing at home, that's the stuff that you want to take with you. Cause you can easily pick up rice or probably, you know, your protein sources along the way, but you can't necessarily get the, you know, the really good curry paste that you get at your local health food store and that sort of thing so um all of that kind of stuff and and definitely just lots of snacks (laughs) so that I never caught get caught out basically 
I always go wrong there. Um, <laughs> so we talked a little bit about, you know, backpacking, a little bit about road trapping. And then to go to the complete flip side. So for my work, I used to have a lot of kind of, you know, luxury when we had work put us up at hotels and we had work tabs. I went the total opposite end. So it's like you're going out for dinners and things I would never buy myself. So I would be overindulgent, like ordering the, not the most expensive thing, but something really like the filet mignon with the scalloped potatoes. And like when I look back, it was delicious. How is it? What's the best way to make healthy decisions when you're traveling, you know, a luxury trip and everything's just put in front of you? So, for perfect example, on cruises, the average weight gain on a cruise is eight pounds, which is about three and three quarters kilos. Wow. Um, because it's just constant buffet. You have access, you can call at any time, they'll bring you room service, and it's just constantly available. So, you're overindulging. What would be you know, when you constantly have this put in front of you, your best tips and tricks to, you know, maybe rein it in or tone it back. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, again, this depends so much on the context, you know, are you going away for three days or five days, or are you going away for a couple of weeks? And how often are you traveling? Are you traveling all the time? Do you often have these cruises and, you know, are you going on these trips every couple of, couple of weeks, or is it just once a year? If, if you're just going once a year and you just want to indulge and you're not too worried about the consequences, then just go have a good time, go for your three to five days, do what you want to do. And then when you get home, just make sure you go back to your regular routine. Don't let it become a funk and that slippery slope. You know, I think that's yeah. what happens with so many of us. We're on the wagon or off the wagon. But if you just enjoy yourself, just have a great time and don't worry about it. And then get home, make yourself a healthy meal and get up and go for a walk the next day and just get on with your life and just don't make a big deal of that. You know, if you've put on a kilo or a pound or whatever it is, but if you are traveling more often, if you're going on longer trips, then Mm -hmm. this is your life and you need to take care of yourself. You know, it is actually, it's important. So I think of, you know, like the 80, 20 rule kind of thing. Obviously this isn't um, this isn't any sort of hard and fast. Some people might be 90, 10, some people might be 70, 30, you know, you've got to find what works for you. But if we actually look at that 80, 20 rule in practice, what is that? That's really eating whole foods most of the time. So maybe most of your meals, like breakfast, you just choose a couple of eggs and, you know, some fruit and that sort of thing. And then lunch, you try and have some veggies and a piece of protein and you know, your dinner, same sort of thing. So most of the time you're making good choices. And let's be honest at these buffets and, you know, fancy restaurants, you can get good options. Even if you have to ask for sides, you know, I want some sides of vegetables. I want just, you know, just some fish and veggies or, um, you know, eggs and veggies or whatever it is, you know, you, you can do that, especially in these kind of places, they will Mm -hmm. cater to you or this stuff is available. Um, But then what's the 20% look like that might be, you know, two to three meals, for example, during the week where you just indulge and do what you want to do. So, you know, knowing that this is, this is your life, maybe it is a little more that you're indulging if it's just a, you know, a shorter trip or something like that. But if you're traveling all the time, if you're always on the road and, you know, this is a a month trip and then you're going on another trip in a, you know, a couple of months or something like that, then doing something like this 80-20 approach 
it's not hard and fast. You know, maybe one week you indulge twice a week and one week you indulge like a couple more times, you know, and it, it sort of yeah. varies depending on what you've got going on because you want to enjoy yourself as well, right? But finding some sort of moderation because yeah. then, you know, like I was saying before, you're going to feel so much better if you make these positive choices most of the time. Like if you wake and wake up and have a good breakfast, you're going to be excited to go and go about your day, you know, do activities and that sort of thing. Whereas if you start with a buffet and you're just like, oh man, I overdid it and I just feel terrible. And then I'm just going to lounge around, which is nothing wrong with lounging around. But if you just don't feel good, you're not going to yeah. be enjoying the trip as much, you know? So give yourself the time to indulge and enjoy and don't judge yourself for that. And yeah. then the rest of the time, you know, try and make healthy choices and don't be afraid to ask for what you want, especially in these kind of places. You you know, you can pretty much always get a healthy option like veggies and protein and, and that sort of thing. And I love how too, you're not making, sometimes you hear advice and you feel really bad about yourself because like, oh, you've made bad decisions before, but that's really good. I actually just felt better about like and the decisions I'll make in the future, whereas I'm not being so hard on myself. Um, so I really loved that. Now, say you're on the road and you start feeling a bit unwell, you know, something's off, you think you've eaten something wonky. How do you, and obviously, oh, disclaimer, we're not medical doctors, but how do you kind of, if you don't have access to go to a clinic, recognize what's happening in your body like how do you I don't want to say self-diagnose yeah yeah I definitely get this pick up on what you need to do definitely so and, and I mean it's it's not always clear of course and there can be so many different things and as we sort of spoke about before you know it could be some sort of bacteria or some sort of parasite or something like that mm. but you're not necessarily going to be able to figure that out straight away. You know, of course, if any of this gets more severe and you're losing a lot of fluids and, and that sort of thing, then you definitely need to seek medical help. But so often it's the things that we've been speaking about that you can just sort of self-manage, you know, maybe have some sort of tummy bug from something you've eaten or, you know, one of these kind of infections that you can just self-manage and, and it will sort of pass. So what is a great thing to carry with you and this is something I always have with me traveling um, is charcoal tablets because they can basically activate a charcoal um, you can just find these at pharmacy health food shop probably get them online just make sure they're a decent sort of quality option uh, and they will basically mop up you know toxins and that sort of thing so okay. I've had times where I've you know been in India or Bali or something like that and eaten something and been like oh no <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to regret that. And that is, a, you know, a really great thing to take, you know, yeah. straight away. And then also if it's, um, you know, if you're just sort of getting over this sort of tummy bug or food poisoning or something like that, if you're just going to vomit it all up, then it's not going to be doing all that much. But if you're, you know, keeping food down fine, that's a great option. Definitely want to have electrolytes with you as well so obviously you know sometimes depending on when you where you are it's easy to go get these things but depending you know we're talking to people who are traveling in all sorts of different places so often you can't just go and get electrolytes so basically you know when you're losing fluid if you've got 
if you're hungover, also very helpful. <laughs> Would definitely yeah. recommend um, having yeah. these with you for that as well. But also if you have, you know, vomiting, diarrhea, anything like that, electrolytes are a really, really helpful thing to take with you. So um, lots of different options here, but there are more and more brands coming out with electrolytes that don't have any nasty ingredients in them. So okay. any electrolytes are going to be good if you're sick and you need fluids, that's to like get whatever you can, but, um, but there's better options. I think there's um, like Element is one brand I know, but just do some research and find ones that, um, you know, don't have artificial colors and sweeteners and that sort of thing. And okay. this is something that you can just take. Yeah. Like I said, you know, if you're feeling hungover, if you've, um, or if you, you know, are losing fluid or, you know, perhaps you haven't had enough water for a few days, um, super helpful thing. It just basically helps your body rehydrate. Um, so there are a couple of the main things that I would suggest really. And then also, you know, I guess on the snacks department, this is a really good time to make sure that you do have some plain things that you you feel like eating if, you know, just like some simple foods on hand. And, and yeah, usually you can find this in a local store or something wherever you are, but it's kind of helpful to just have some of those, you know, yeah. safe snack bars and that sort of thing. If you're feeling a little bit off, you just know that you have, have something that you can eat that's not going to, you know, flare up what you're experiencing. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on, I know a lot of people when they're traveling, they carry kind of, I can't remember the brand names, but you know, anti-diarrhea beds, which have always weird me out. Cause I always feel like if it wants to get out, you should probably have it out. Are those something that have a place or are they kind of. Uh... Only when absolutely necessary, as you okay. said, if you are vomiting or if you have diarrhea, your body is trying to get something out. So ideally we want to let it get out. So that is in no way going to help your, what you're experiencing. It's not going to help. It's very much a band-aid thing. So if you have to get on a bus for 12 hours and that is the only <laughs> option you have, that is when you take it. But otherwise, if you're at your hotel room and you can just sort of, you know, stick around your room and stuff, then like, that you know that would be the ideal option to avoid taking those things and yeah. instead you know you you do need to make sure you're getting electrolytes staying hydrated all that sort of stuff but um but yeah avoid those things as much as you can they're really just for convenience if you absolutely need to i just remember it was always a staple growing up my parents always packed them and i was like mm. Like you just never know though, if you have to get on yeah. a flight or something and you've been struck down, that's, you know, <laughs> they might come in handy, but I think yeah. things like, you know, laxatives as well, you know, I've spoken to lots of people who have needed to take laxatives when traveling, you know, obviously kind of different thing, but um, yeah. also, you know, there's, there's ways that you can, um, you know, support your gut motility. So you're still going to the bathroom, even when you're traveling in a more, natural way that you don't need to take laxatives of course again sometimes that may be absolutely necessary but if you can do these things like warm lemon water making sure you're getting movement in every day putting your feet on something when you're sitting on the toilet yes. to help so put your <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I heard you talking about that in your latest episode and I, I remember when I started traveling and started seeing the floor toilets 
around my oh, house. Oh, yeah. I was so <laughs> freaked out by them. Like, I wouldn't go near them. I would hold it until I could find, you know, the toilet I was used to. And then you start using them and you're like, what? Like, your body just actually feels better. 100%. Like, why is that? That's actually how we are designed to use the toilet. That's how we're designed to, you know, do a number two, basically. If you think about it, you know, us hundreds of years ago or however many years ago would have been outside not having toilets, we're designed to be in that squat position. Uh, It really just opens up your bowels for easy elimination. So it's a really great thing. But now we've got, um, you know, Western toilets, which effectively for most people basically cut you off pretty much. So it makes it so much harder to go to the toilet. So this is a really, really easy fix if you get blocked up when traveling uh, just to put your feet on something, be resourceful. (laughs) Um, And it makes such a big difference. Yeah. And for anyone listening, don't be scared like I was of those other toilets. Because once you do it, you're like, ah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's like an adjustment. You feel and better after. Totally. Yeah. 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 I totally. Yeah. I still haven't adjusted to using water instead of toilet paper. <laughs> full transparency. No, never, yeah. Full transparency. <laughs> I've actually never, I'm too scared to, I have the visions I have in my head of what will happen if I try that is probably not how it goes. But I, I need to ask someone yet. how you're supposed to do that probably because I just, I just, I got no idea. <laughs> I know someone in California who swears by it. Only uh, installed one in their house. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm just not there yet. Fascinating. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the self-diagnosing, taking electrolytes, charcoal tablets, which I'd never heard of. I'm going to look into that after this. Is there anything else you'd be doing if you got sick on the road? Because what I find is really interesting and a mistake I made while traveling is a lot of things in different countries, so things that are prescription medications here in Australia or in Canada are over-the-counter drugs. Mm. So it's you have this really weird free-reign access to things you wouldn't at home. <laughs> Definitely. So I was self-diagnosing an infection I had, and what I, I, you could buy any antibiotics in Brazil, so I bought what I thought I needed, and I was just suppressing symptoms I wasn't actually getting better and it really came back to bite me like a month later trying to think what Mm. else we can do yeah so I think this is such a tricky one and you just Mm. I think we often so get in that mindset as well of I'm sick I need antibiotics but realizing sometimes they are absolutely necessary 100% and especially you know traveling and the sorts of things that we can pick up but Firstly, you want to make sure that you actually need it. Secondly, you want to make sure that you're taking the right one because there are so many different ones. So if you walk into a pharmacy, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor, you know, if you yeah. walk into a pharmacy, you don't, you don't know, like you can look up Dr. Google and that sort of thing, but these things have consequences. So you want to yeah. make sure that you are taking only what you need. So um, I I do think, you know, in that case, if you can get some sort of medical advice, I, in full transparency, my mom is a nurse. So she gets a lot of phone calls when I'm away. And I've definitely said, you know, like, 
what antibiotics do I need when I have been quite sick and that sort of thing. But often you can also find, depending on on where you are, but often you can also find, you know, an English speaking doctor or get someone to go with you um, to a doctor to just make sure that you're taking the right thing. Because often we think something is, you know, like we think something is um, going to be benefited by antibiotics and it's it's not something that needs antibiotics at all. Or, Or we may need something, you know, more serious we need may need actual care and that sort of thing so um I think you know if you have a doctor that you can actually speak to and that sort of thing whether it's someone you know that's amazing resource but if not I think you know we think these things have no consequences but they absolutely can I've seen people have very long-term effects so I think just take it seriously if you're going to take anything like that and um you know find someone that can help you find the right thing and what you actually need I guess another point just to pitch in here is always have your travel insurance. hundred um, percent. Yes. Very boring. Very important. <laughs> have you ever had to use travel insurance while you were abroad? I have, but only for stuff getting stolen okay. and that kind of thing. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, fair yeah. Enough. What about Enjoyers you? Of travel. Yeah. I, well, I have, I had an eardrum rupture on in my descent into Hong Kong. So I spent a hospital in Hong Kong and yeah. And then in Bali, I just got out really sick when I came back from Bali. I I don't Mm. know what it was, but um, yeah, they covered that. Um, So very important to have used multiple times. um, Oh yeah. On multiple trips. Yeah. It's just not that expensive. And if you can't afford it, then I would consider, you know, whether you need to go traveling right away. Yes. That's what we always say. If you can't afford the insurance, you can't afford the trip. 100%. Yeah, that's very good advice. So that was all very helpful. Thank you. Would you have, is there anything else we haven't touched on that you would want to let people know? Yeah, I suppose um, like the sort of one area of traveling that I was kind of thinking about as well is like in between that kind of, uh, you know, maybe when you are in Europe and, and traveling around and that kind of thing, and it is a bit more expensive, but you're not doing luxury travel. I think that, and you do often have access to, you know, great shops and and that sort of thing. They're great groceries. And that's the kind of place where, you know, I've always just tried to book somewhere with a kitchen and and make some food and just go out and enjoy really nice meals a couple of times a week. And then the rest of the time, just preparing breakfast and, um, and dinners at home and that, that sort of thing. And I think that's, you know, another sort of aspect of, of travel that if you just, plan ahead and find somewhere with a kitchen it can just make your whole experience much easier and again by the end of your three-month trip or six-month trip in Europe you're feeling so much better and you you're not just feeling gross and you're not also burned out from eating out at restaurants all the time yes hostel menus are the worst oh yeah definitely (laughs) yeah yeah um no great that just took me back to a time when I used to you know go to their continental breakfast and then be swiping a yogurt and an orange for lunch (laughs) yeah perfect (laughs) (laughs) awesome well so if people want to learn a bit more about you and a bit more about what you do where can they find that Yeah, absolutely. So if you like podcasts, I also have a podcast, which is called High Vibe and Healthy, uh, where I focus mostly on gut health and all sorts of related topics. Uh, And I also spend a lot of time, way too much time actually on Instagram. And that's just my name, Fran Dargaville. 
Nice. Perfect. And we'll link to both of those in the show notes for everyone. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is a really fun chat. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.